All right, all right, here we are with yet again another episode of English and Coffee. It's your wonderful host, Demion, and today we are recording from Bojangles. Sitting outside with this lukewarm coffee. Coffee's not too bad. I mean, I can't complain. It's lukewarm. It's not hot. It's not the fresh. It's not the crispest, but it is strong. So I can feel the caffeine with the few initial sips that I have had. Also, we've decided to partake in a um, bowberry biscuit. This is their little blueberry biscuit dripped in syrup or glaze or whatever they have. Uh, so we're going to be chewing on that, sipping on this coffee while we get into it. Uh, the crowd inside, I went inside rather than go through the line, uh, just because the line outside was just kind of wrapped around the building. Nobody was in the dining room. So I walked in there, ordered a coffee. It took about 15 minutes for them to get my coffee together. I first asked them, do you even have any coffee? They said, yes, we have coffee. 15 minutes later, here comes the coffee. So either I imagine they reheated some old coffee or they had to make this and they just didn't know whoever made the coffee had to, had to do it. I mean, it does have the kick though, so I'm not going to complain. It's about a medium cup. Has caution very hot on the front of it, but uh, I don't see where it's hot. It's pretty lukewarm. But it's already, what, probably 6 o'clock in the evening. Sun's just about all the way down, so I mean, you can't complain. Now, I could have went across the street to Speedway, but the only thing with going to Speedway is... You're not going to have the luxury of sitting in your car and sitting out in the parking lot right here, overlooking the street, you know, chewing on a Bowberry biscuit. Because, you know, with a gas station, they try to get people in and out. Unless you go to the other one that's over there by Winterville, but I didn't feel like traveling too far. I'm literally not even point twenty five miles from my house. I'm probably point zero zero eight, you know, miles from my home, like not even really, really far. Cranked up the car. Hit the gas, backed out, pulled out, made one left, made one right. Here we are. No stoplights. So this is how close I am from my house. Just been keeping it easy today. You know, that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about um, boundaries a little bit today, especially pertaining to time and the importance of setting them and um, how they can make or break your time management schedule not too deep though because this isn't some office class but just using some different lingo talking about some different content criteria that is english but also helpful something you can include utilize in your daily life so should i take a sip as we do I'm sipping this lukewarm. Hopefully yours is a few degrees hotter than mine. Um, and let's get into it. Just thinking about it, I failed to mention some other events that transpired earlier in the week uh, pertaining to me getting my car serviced. If you want to hear about that, stick around till the end. But let's go ahead and start off with boundaries. So when it comes to boundaries, especially with time, you have to set limits with yourself and with others. If you don't, people will walk all over you. They will consume all of your time. Just imagine yourself waking up in the morning. Maybe you have plans to cut the grass, take your kid to the park, cook dinner, spend some time with your grandma. I don't know. But there's a certain amount of time it's going to take to do that, a certain amount of time it's going to take to prepare. So let's just say you wake up, you know, you take a shower, brush your teeth, eat your breakfast walk the dog, all that good stuff, and you're like, all right, well, I plan to go see my grandmother at 2 o'clock. 
So you need to leave about 115 if you're going to get ahead of the traffic, not get stuck in traffic, get there at 2. Enough time for you and her to sit down and talk, let her put her little kettle on, make you some tea or whatever you and grandma do. Well, let's say about 12.30, phone rings, and it's your job. And your employer sitting here saying, uh, hey, we need those reports Monday morning at 9 o'clock. Now, here it is, you know, you're on your day off, enjoying your time, and they're asking for some reports at 9 o'clock. Now, that's kind of throwing you for a loop because you're like, okay, well, if you haven't even done the reports, maybe you started on the reports, and it doesn't even have to be reports. It could be somebody is needing something. Somebody needs to go to the airport or whatever it is. But you already have plans. You've already got in your mind what your day is going to look like. You're going to leave at 1.15. You're going to go see your grandmother. And now somebody has called you and tried to borrow some of your time. They're asking for your time. If you take them up on this offer, then you're going to lose the time that you would have had. So what do you do? You set boundaries. You say no. Saying no, yeah, they're going to be upset. Or you say yes, then your grandma's upset. So who, who do you want to appease? Who, who would you rather be on the good side of? Your grandmother or the job or whatever other demand it is. Or the third variant would be, please yourself. What's most convenient for you? Is it most convenient, most productive, most beneficial for you to follow through with your plans to go see your grandmother, throw away your plans, and go ahead and jump on a task that's due Monday for your job, which provides your livelihood? Or three, sit back and see what really is most important. What do you need to focus on? Because either way, it's going to take time. And who knows what you could encounter on the way to your grandmother's or while you're trying to do this task for work or whatever other obligation people are trying to impose on you. But you have to set those boundaries. Now, where the problem lies is when people can't say no and they just take on everything. Let's just say it's a typical day. You show up to work. You know, you've got your little plans for the day, things you want to accomplish, papers you want to run off, things you want to create, documents you want to put together. Get to work, don't even get through the door, somebody hits you. Hey, you got a quick second. If you've been working long enough at work, you know there's nothing such as a quick second. A quick second could turn into 30 minutes, three hours, right? Hey, you got a quick second. 45 minutes later, you get off the phone. That was a long, quick second, right? So you have to be protective of your time. And people might think you're being selfish. People might think, oh, well... You don't have time for anybody. No, I have time for people, but I have to do what's important for me. First, I have to make time for myself. After me comes you. You see what I'm saying? You have to put your priorities in order first before you can try to help people fix their messes, you know, clean up their mess. So boundaries with time is just where a lot of people fall short. Um, Especially, let's just say today you plan to do nothing. You're going to get that much needed rest. You know, the wife is supposed to be out with her girlfriends. Maybe you've got the kids at the babysitters. So you're just sitting home or vice versa. It could be the wife is at home, the husband's at work or whatever, whoever it is, just the individual. And you plan, you're going to sit back and you're going to watch Squid Game. You know, that's all you're going to do. You're going to eat popcorn and watch Squid Game because you've needed a day off from everybody. You don't want to hear the kids. You don't want to hear your spouse crying, complaining about nothing. You don't want to hear anything from work. 
You don't want to hear nothing from your relatives. You just want to zone out, do your own thing, sit back, watch some Netflix, and chill by yourself. Well, you wake up, get into your day, you know, meander through the day, maybe take a late shower, maybe you have a late brunch. Finally get around to popping your little popcorn, and you're like, all right, got the Netflix keyed up. Get ready to hit play, and then the phone rings. Now, if you answer this phone, it's going to be somebody trying to eat up your time. You don't answer the phone, you can miss an important call, or so you think it's an important call. They can't wait until after you've had time for yourself. But let's just say you're like, you know what? I'm not doing nothing today. You tell yourself, hey, I'm not doing nothing. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to watch this Netflix show just like I said, said I would. You answer the phone and it's your cousin. Oh, so-and-so has been in a car accident. It's, it's a bad situation. Blah, 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 blah. Now, they're all the way over there in another state. You know, city's over, you know, like 300 miles between you and them. So there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can physically do for their situation. So they're calling you with it. This is a cousin or an individual you haven't spoken with in years. You know about them. Maybe you don't even have a close relationship, but they're calling you with it. Now, this person calling you with it, you have a close relationship with them. You know, a close emotional relationship. Maybe you've talked through a few divorces. Maybe you've talked through a few job changes. Maybe you're raising kids, you know, getting, getting parenting advice back and forth. But this person has called you in distress. You got your popcorn hot. The butter is still melting on the popcorn. Popcorn is heavy in the air. You can still smell the popcorn. You know? Now you're on this phone and this person's all spastic going on about somebody that's been in a car accident. And they just keep going and going and talking about who's coming and how it happened. Now, are you really concerned about all this right now? I mean, you may be if you have a, an attachment to this person or the person they're talking about. But if you don't, then you're just kind of holding the phone like, wow, really? Hmm, ma'am, hmm, that's something. Wow. You know, are they all right? Are they going to live? Yeah, they're going to survive, but they're in the hospital. Okay, okay. So there's no immediate concern. Like, they're not dying right now. They're, they're, they're good. Yeah, 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 but it was a big, okay. So now you realize this person just wants to sit there, eat up your time, and process their feelings and just talk about the event that you didn't see, that you weren't there for, that you don't even really care about. So this little simple gesture, this little five-minute interlude that, that was supposed to take is now turned into a freaking hour because now they're talking about other accidents that have happened in the past, and then they start talking about the day and all these things. So you got to look, you got to ask yourself, what, should, was it even worth answering the phone in the first place? Would it have been better to just let the phone ring and just miss that call, let them leave a message? Or did you do the right thing and take the call? But the thing is, if you find yourself in a situation where somebody's just eating your time and you see that it's not beneficial for your mental health or whatever you were trying to do, you could always get off the call. But see, a lot of people have a hard time walking away from a situation. You know, if somebody calls them, or they engage them in a conversation, they think they have to sit there and see it through. Like, they can't just say, hey, you know, sorry to hear they got in a car accident, but um, I'm kind of in the middle of something. Oh, well, you doing, well, you doing something more important than this? Uh, yeah, actually, I am. And I'll call you back. Now, they have to respect that. But sometimes that's what you have to do. You got to be the bad guy.
You know, it won't always be something so severe as somebody in a car accident or somebody hurt, mangled in the woods somewhere. But those small requests that eat up your time, you know, they could just throw your whole day. So now you get off the phone with them. You don't even feel like watching the show anymore. Now you're all upset. Popcorn's cold. Your mood's gone. Now you're sitting there doing damage control with them because now you got to call this person and notify them about that and all these other demands that they put on your time. And all you wanted to do was just kick your feet up and relax for the day. So boundaries, this is the reason they are important. Because if you don't, it'll just allow people to run all over you and eat up your time. You can't be there for everybody if you're not there for yourself. You got to be there for yourself first, your family, you know, and everybody else after that comes, you know, they got to get in line, you know, work. But it depends on what your priority is. Sometimes people have work as their main priority. The job calls, freak it. I don't care if I miss little junior's game. I'm gone. I'm going to work. You know, or the boys call, the fishing buddies. His wife wants him to go cut the grass. You know, James and the boys call. He's gone fishing. He's like, I'll cut the grass when I come, get back. You know, I'll, I'll paint the house later. Somebody's going to be disappointed. I mean, so it's a lot of ways to look at it. You know, it's a lot of ways to look at it, but then that's when it comes to this whole, you know, you got to make your own judgment call. What's in your best interest? Now, you can live in your best interest or you can live in someone else's best interest. You know, a lot of people just walk around, roam the earth, trying to please other people. Like, that's their whole M.O. They wake up to please someone else. Uh, you could live like that. I'm choosing not to, but there's a lot of people that, that do. They wake up, what will make my husband happy today? You know, let me, let me make his little breakfast. Let me, let me put his clothes out. Let me iron his shirts. You know, let me... Let me warm his car up so he doesn't have to do anything. Or a guy, you know, waking up for his girlfriend. He's like, well, let me go to the store and buy some flowers so she can wake up with some fresh flowers and pour her orange juice and all this stuff. You know, you want to tweet her like a queen, tweet her like a queen. You know, but you got to have some, some boundaries. It's okay to do that every now and then for your husband, your girlfriend, your significant other. But you got to leave some time for yourself because what's going to happen, you run yourself ragged. Run around pleasing everybody, whether it's your mom, your dad, your girlfriend, you, you, even your kids. And you have nothing left for yourself, so you get burned out. Then you just don't care. You just stop trying. They're like, because here's the, here's the one thing that you got to realize. Nobody, <laughs> nobody realizes or recognizes the hundred times you were there. But the one time you're not there or not available, that's the one they want to comment on. Think about it. Look back in your life. Think about that person that's always calling you for help and the person you always go and bail out of situations is just there for emotional support. You just listen and you listen and you listen and you just, you know, take deal with their grief while they don't have to deal, it, cause, deal with it because they're dumping it all on you, just eating through your time, right? Eating through your personal boundaries, right? So, but the one day you say, hey, look, I got something to do. I don't have time to hear this. Oh, it's like that. They completely forgot about the hundred other times that you were there. So, it's best to not even create that situation. Just go ahead and have your boundaries out the jump, you know. If you got something to do, something that you feel is important for you, something that's going to improve your life, better your life, ease your mind, help your situation, 
then that's what you do. Everybody else can get in line. So we'll go ahead and take a sip, and then I'll tell you a little bit about what happened with my uh, car situation the other day, and then we'll get out of here. So this coffee here now is like a freaking um, syrup slurpee. I don't even know what it is, but it's still got a little kick to it. It's just, I mean, a cup is, I think a cup is warmer than the actual coffee. Strange, right? How are you going to have a cup of coffee that's warmer than the actual liquid, liquid inside? Strange. And this little uh, bowberry biscuit, I got like one more bite on it. It is pretty much crystallized. There's so much sugar in that thing. It's tasty. You can taste the blueberries but it's pretty much just crystallized, like I'm eating a, a sugar cube. But it is adding a little bit of benefit to the coffee here, so we're not going to complain too much, because like I said, I mean, for $2.38, you know, I mean, can you really complain, you know, on a freaking Saturday? Now the sun's definitely gone, and we're sitting out here in the parking lot just stress-free. You know, coffee's not the best, but we're here. We're here. We're practicing English. We're, we're talking about something interesting. We're improving our lives. We're developing. You're learning. Life is good, right? For this moment, you know, who knows what 15 minutes from now will be. It could be complete chaos. But for right now, we're good. Sometimes you got to appreciate the small things, the small moments. All right, so what happened earlier in my week? I want to say about Wednesday. So Monday, Tuesday, went to work as normal. Wednesday, get up, get ready to go to work, get dressed, blah, blah, blah. Look, see if there were any trades. No trades. I'm like, all right, well, let me go ahead and go in. Grab my bag, go downstairs, crank the car up. Car cranks up just fine. Go to back up, and the freaking steering wheel won't turn. I'm like, it's, I mean, you're on here with freaking gorilla strength trying to, like, back the car up. I'm like, what in the world's going on? So I backed the car up, and then I'm like, all right, maybe it was just, maybe it's cold. So then I get ready to pull off, and then the wheel's still hard to turn. I'm like, oh, there's no way I'm going out here <laughs> with this situation. I'm like, there's just no way I'm going to be able to turn. And I'm definitely not putting people in my car, talking about driving all the way to Farmville and running people around, and I can't even turn the steering wheel. So what I do, pull the car back into the driveway. Pull the car back in the driveway, cut the car off, pop the hood, look inside. I'm like, all right, well, maybe this is the power steering because I knew the power steering fluid was kind of low and I knew it needed to be checked. But I mean, the day prior, there were no issues. I just zipped into the parking lot. No issues. Driving, zip zapping all up and down the road. No issues. I mean, there was a few sounds, but nothing serious. But now today I can't even turn the steering wheel. So I'm like, what's going on? So I'm looking under the hood, trying to find what's going on, crank the car. Now it's sounding silly. So I call my neighbor over. I say, hey, man, check this out. Let's see what's going on with it. You know, early in the morning, not trying to inconvenience anybody. But look, I'm asking for his time, right? He could have said, hey, look, man, I got some things going on this morning. Can't help you right now. I would have had to respect it. But he said, uh, yeah, I don't mind. He come down, look at the car. And what we find out is the freaking serpentine belt, because he had to educate me on that, what a serpentine belt is, because I am not a mechanic. I could do a few things, but I'm like, okay, well, if the serpentine belt is off, then let's try to put it back on. 
anybody that's dealt with auto mechanics knows you don't just put the serpentine belt back on. <laughs> There's no just, let me just put that back on. This isn't a belt, you know, that you're putting on for church or something. This, this is a freaking workaround. Like you got to go in here and be as limber as a freaking snake or have the right tools. So I go in there. I'm looking, sticking my hand in there. Now the engine's hot from the few minutes that I had it on, you know, bumping it off the freaking motor, burning this, burning that. But since it's cooler temperatures, it's cooling down, trying to get in there. I can't get in there. He can't get in there. And we're messing with this thing. So what turned into a freaking, hey, man, check this out, ends up being a damn near full day production. So by now I've called all my clients and canceled my appointments. People are freaking out. Oh, my God, what am I going to do? I'm like, look, I got some things going on here. I need to focus on this car situation. I'll get with you tomorrow. And they're going on and going on. I'm like, look, I got my own stuff going on right now. I didn't say that, but I'm just like, that's my mindset. Because I told you, hey, look, you're having a little car trouble. Won't be able to meet today. We're going to need to reschedule. And then I'm getting all the, well, what about this? What about this? It's like, uh-huh. Things will work themselves out. Right now, I got, I'm got i like up to my freaking elbow in car grease. Like, Let me focus on this right now. So I had to place those boundaries because work is work, but my car is my car. Like, I'll deal with the work situation when I'm at work. I'm not going to deal with it now. Like, it's not even, it's not even a concern of mine. You know, but that's, that's the thing. You know, you have to set boundaries. But back to the situation. So sitting there, we're messing with it whole day goes by pretty much we don't get anywhere and i'm just like you know what man freak it i'm like i've youtube the heck out of it i watched several videos even tried to climb under the car as much as i felt safe with but then when we were talking about jacking up the car and all that i'm like nah because now it's getting too risky because i'm not going to put you know my life in the faith of a freaking car jack because if that thing falls or something like that my arm no I could slide into the car while it's sitting on all four tires, but I'm not jacking the car up, taking the tire off, and trying to put my head under all that metal. It's just not happening. I'm like, okay, now we're in expert-level territory here, so I'm just going to let the experts do it. Now, the one reason why a lot of people don't like to go to car dealers or repair repairmen mechanics is because, you know, they're trying to eat off you. You know, they're trying to pay their kids' college tuition. You go in there for freaking fluid level check, you know, and they want to hit you in the head for $320 or some insane amount. So everybody kind of puts off going to the repair, man, you know, until it's needed. But I'm like, it's needed at this situation. So now you got to get your car from your house to the repair shop. How do you do that? You got to get a tow, right? So fortunately, I have roadside. Roadside assistance is something here that you could attach to your cell phone or insurance plan or whatever you have. And you get a significantly discounted rate for tows, gas. A lot of these things are free. So I've got to schedule it, this roadside of service assistance for, you know, in the morning. Get it all set up, whatever. Because I just said, you know, I'm calling today. I'm just calling today. Called the supervisor. I was like, nobody called me. I'm taking off today. I'm taking off the next day. So I took off Wednesday. I took off Thursday. I don't want to hear nothing from nobody. You know, I got everybody squared away coordinated whatever could be coordinated the rest of it the lord was just going to have to sort it out i had to sort out my own situation so i go ahead and um get up the next morning six o'clock right get the roadside guy he comes riding the car we go to the repair shop now i'd called the repair shop you know the day prior let him know hey this is my situation this is what i got going on get to the repair shop and 
they're acting like, you know, like we didn't even have this conversation. That's the thing that gets me. We're on the phone going back and forth about what's going on with my car. And then I show up and you're like, oh, what's going on with your car? Why were we on the phone 20 minutes if you didn't write any of this stuff down? I give them my name and they're like, okay, well, what's going on with it? What kind of problems you have? What's the point of somebody asking you all these questions on the phone if they're not going to write it down? The lady done quoted prices, told me it will be about this much, cost about this much. Now nobody knows anything. But they got me by the, the, short, the short and curlies, as they call it, because I need my car fixed. Talk to the guy, and it is nothing like the lady was quoting over the phone. But again, the car. But we already know this is the rigmarole. When you go into a mechanic, you already know this is the show. They're going to try to eat off of you, right? So I go, if you hear any noise in the back, it's just some lames with their, their loud cars and trying to be all cool, thinking it's the fast and the furious when this is just the Bojangles parking lot. But either way, like I said, um, you know, they're trying to eat off you. They're trying to, you know, get paid, send their kids to college and all this stuff off your one little repair. So my serpentine belt, sending somebody paying somebody's rent right it goes from oh it'll be just fifty dollars to put your belt on you know oh fifty dollars for the the power steering so a hundred dollars you're looking at a hundred dollar job so i'm like okay cool maybe 150 200 dollars is the most we're looking at wrong because the guy you know he's got to go in there and do his whole workup or whatever right gets in there does his little workup comes back talking about well you need a new pulley tensioner, you need a new serpentine belt, you need this, you need that, water pump, blah, 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 all this stuff racks it up to like $648. I'm like, this guy. But you already knew this is the rigmarole. This is the game. When it comes to dealing with the repair shop, this is the game. They're going to try to get paid. They're going to try to get as rich as they can off of whatever you come through the door with. You could come through there and say, I need a car battery, and it's going to, they're going to try to turn it to a freaking, you need a, new, a whole new axle for your freaking car. So, fortunately, I'm in a situation where I was like, okay, we could absorb the hit, not a big hit, we could take it. Um, all right, are you going to fix the car today? Yeah, we're going to fix it. So, he starts keying it in, then he's like, oh, I forgot to put this on there. I'm like, well, how much is that? This is after I already gave the discount code. And I said, now, isn't it funny? And I did say this to him. I said, isn't it funny that you said it was it was 648, then it was like seven something. And I said, after I told you that I'm going to use a discount, it drops down. Now you're adding something else on to bring it back up to where it was. Isn't that strange? He said, what do you mean? I said, isn't that strange that you give me one price, I give you a coupon, you drop the price. Now you got to add something else on and it brings it up to just about that same price. I said, doesn't that seem strange? And he was like, no, nah, it doesn't. I said, yeah, it does. It does seem strange. But this is the situation. So I don't have the tools to do this stuff you could do here at your shop. But that, that does seem a little odd. I just wanted him to go ahead and level with me and just admit, yeah, what you're doing is a, is a, is a, is a game. It's a charade. But like I said, they had something I needed. The labor. I didn't have the tools, didn't have the insight to go in there and pull out the freaking pulley and switch this and all this stuff like this so they had the tools all right so i'm sitting there waiting biding my time keeping it easy i brought my uh my tablet i even had my trading stuff i was looking at some stuff trying to see if there was some trade setting up but i just excuse me i just wasn't in the mindset to sit there and trade at the freaking car you know the car repair shop with 
Jerry Springer on the TV that people were watching and all these people walking around me. Just wasn't in the mindset for it. So I'm like, we're not going to sit here and put no heavy trades on. So we'll just keep it easy, close the market down, and go ahead and just play the game. So we play the game, walk around a bit, you know, in the parking lot, and just sit there for about four or five hours. Eventually, they came back with my car. I pay the guy, tell him, hey, look, you know, because by now I've already just said, okay, well, we got the price. All right, I'll go ahead and pay you the money. So I'm just making small talk, asking about trucks and stuff. This is another reason I got to get that truck. So I wouldn't have had to just jump on this car. I could have just drove the truck. No biggie. But either way, I went on, pay the guy. I'm like, all right, appreciate it. Thanks. This, that, this, that. Get in my car. Now what happens when I get in my car? Crank the car up. I go to put it in drive. And the brake goes to the floor. I'm like, oh, 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 hold on. Hold the phone. Did brake freaking pedals all the way at the floor before I have any kind of tension. I'm like, no, nah, this isn't working. Something's wrong. So I drive the car around to the back of the building from where they pull it. And I, I go in. I told the guy, hey, come out here and look at this. I said, you see that? He's like, yeah. And I said, what is this? I said, it wasn't like that when I got here. And he's like, well, we can't confirm or deny how the car was when... I said, did you not drive it up to the thing? Yeah. I said, you could... Well, we went in along. I said, I tell you what, it wasn't like that when I got here. Fix it. He says, all right. Well, the guy uh, that was working on your car went to lunch. Convenient that he would fix my car, didn't go to lunch right after he fixed the car, because he already knew what he did, right? I said, okay, fine, because I'd already been sitting there for hours. I didn't care. Fire the game back up. Sit back. Chill. I'm relaxing. I'm not even worried about it. I've already paid them. They're going to fix this. Car is going to roll. I came here with a serpentine belt problem. Now I don't have no brakes. Come on now. That doesn't even make sense. So I sit there, wait, watch a little Springer, play the game. I'm relaxing. I already got the day off. I'm not rushing anywhere. Got time. Guy comes in, fixes the car. Guy brings it back around, drives, and he's like, here you go. I'm like, is it fixed? He's like, uh, he said, well, what we did is uh, breathe the brake, uh, bleed the brake lines. I'm like, okay, is it fixed? Is there brakes there? He said, yeah. I said, so what happened? He's like, I don't know what happened. We can't confirm. I said, does the car work? He said, yeah. I said, all right. I get in the car, test the brake. I'm like, good. Sit there, have a little, another small talk. I'm still trying to be pleasant, even though I'm getting jerked around. Still trying to be pleasant. I know it's all a rigmarole. I even talked to them about their business model. Let me tell you how these places work. They make their money off of the labor rates. Not the parts. You look at the parts. $50 for this, $100 for that, $20 for this, $13 for that. $350 something dollars in labor, right? $350 something dollars in labor. So I said, okay, so they're getting paid by the hour. So if it was four hours, boom, 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 they're breaking the labor, trying to do their overhead. It's way overpriced. But at the same time, I could appreciate the level of knowledge and experience that the mechanics have. Not the company, because the mechanics themselves aren't coming to me with their own prices. This is the company. So they work for the company. The company covers these people to work for them, right? So it's a scheme. I was sitting there looking at their whole business model. So the guy that I was talking to is nothing. He's just the corporate guy, the money man. He gets the money, tells the mechanics, the skilled laborers, that this car needs the repair. They go in, do the work. He pays them an hourly rate. They're not getting, 
you know, they're not out here being able to price their own things because that's the thing that covers them. So if something happens, something messes up, the cover covers them. The company covers them. You know, if this guy was working out of his garage, messed me up like that, you know, he's going to be liable for everything, but he's got the company protection. See, this is how these guys work with skilled labor. Um, me, I probably would have just preferred if somebody would have just put the serpentine belt on there, got me rolling, had me rolling, I would have been good. You know, pay $150 and I'm rolling, no issues. They don't have to do all this stuff. Somebody just slapped it on, did the little John Boy quick deal that I was looking for. But that would be another, another situation. But either way, like I said, I left there. They bled the brakes, and I got to look up at what bleeding the brakes is. He said it was like getting the air getting the air out of the brake line. I don't even know how the air got in there, but I imagine when he took the tire off to go in and do all this stuff with the pulley tension, maybe the pressure destabilized, and they had to put the pressure back in there. Weird system, cars or something else. But I'm rolling. As you know, I'm sitting in the car, so I'm rolling, safely rolling. Um, but yeah. That happened this week, so that was pretty interesting. So this week has been something, something uh, interesting. So we're definitely keeping it easy today. When I get done with this, I'm going to go over to Food Line. I've already got some chicken breast uh, defrosting at home. I'm going to pick up a bag of French fries, um, and I'm going to go home and make some chicken strips. I'm going to cut the chicken breast up, put them in a nice little coating, fry them up, make a nice dip. Pop on a little uh, squid game, and that is going to be me. I've been looking at charts and things, you know, earlier in the day, but I'm like, today we're just keeping it super easy. But I hope you all have a wonderful evening, morning, jog, workout, whatever you have going on, commute to work. Take another sip of coffee, and I will see you in the next one.